the epistle of James, chapter 4, starting at verse 13, you will find these words. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not, it to him is sin. Amen. Uh, on today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you a few moments from the thought, thinking less of ourselves. Amen. Thinking less of ourselves. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Uh, the epistle of James, as we have um, explored in times past, is an epistle that is written by the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He presents himself in this epistle in chapter 1 as a slave of God. Another term that we might find in scripture for that same translation might be the word bond servant. The word bond servant or slave in this particular context is one who has put himself in servitude. It was by his own volition and it was not involuntary but voluntary. He wanted to be a slave of the Lord. He wanted to let the Lord be his master. Every baptized born again believer ought to have that same testimony that we are slaves of God. If we're going to be a slave, then let us be a slave of a good master. <laughs> Amen. Who loves us and who takes care of us and sees to our needs. Amen. Who answers prayers that we haven't even asked yet. Amen. It is to this God that James says, I am a slave to. But there's something else important about that whole idea of being slaves to God. We all know that as believers, we ought to be servants, right? We ought to be servants. But sometimes in this life, we can get a little confused and 
We know we ought to be serving mankind, but sometimes we can get the cart before the horse. Sometimes we can end up serving man as a precedence over serving God. But we always must put our servitude in its right perspective. We serve first God, and through his leading, we serve people. Because if we get it the other way, then we end up serving people in the way that they want to be served, instead of the way God wants us to serve. That can end up being a problem because that ends up being uh, kind of what we have in the business world, where a business has been created to serve a customer base. And the business might say with the inside of their mantra or mantra uh, that the customer is always right. Well, in our particular case, the customer is always right, but we need to make sure we got the right customer, right? Because if the customer is man, we got trouble, amen, because we end up not serving God. Because man is fallible, but God is not. So this also puts attention on our servitude as well. Because there's going to be times if you put God first as the one you're serving, that man is not going to be happy at what you say or do. It's just part of the business. Because our ways are not like his ways. Our thoughts are not like his thoughts. As the prophet Isaiah said, as high as the heavens are from the earth, are our ways from his ways and our thoughts from his thoughts. So that ends up causing a tension, amen. But it's a necessary tension. We talked about at another point how when it's time to, to get well, when you've been sick, amen, there are some things that are not good to you that's good for you. Amen. We talked about uh, uh, Father John and the, and the three sixes, and we talked about black drawing. We talked about castor oil and all of these things that help flush our bodies of toxins and things that need to get out of us so that we might be made well. But in the process of trying to swallow these substances, it's not good to us, but yet it's good for us. And here is one of those times, amen, in the life of uh, the believers, amen, the, the, the Israeli nation, amen, that James is saying some things to them that may not feel good to them, amen, but it's good for them. And it's also the same for us. We find in that same first chapter that James was talking to the uh, Israelites, amen, who had been spread abroad. The Hebrew people, amen, who had been scattered. There is a word that you will hear from time to time if you listen to different preachers, amen, who are preaching maybe on television or somewhere. They will use this word, the diaspora or the diaspora. Uh, that's just a big word for the scattering of the chosen people of God. So he's speaking to those of the diaspora, those who have been scattered. But how many of y'all know that you can never get out of the presence of God? 
even though uh, tribulation has come, even though that they have been shaken up and sent in many different directions, fleeing for their lives, God hasn't forgotten where not one of them is. And I want you to know as well, no matter where you are, if you're at New Zion, amen, or you're on the East Coast, or you're in Zimbabwe, amen, or you're in Iran or Iraq, God knows where you are. He knows where you are, whether it is the middle of the day as it is right now, or it's midnight. He knows where you are when everybody else is sleeping, nobody knows what you're going through. God knows what you're going through. Because he's just that kind of God. But sometimes in our lives, amen, we as servants of God have to bring some news that's not the best news, but it's good news if it's followed. Amen. And I, when I look at this text, I, when I first heard it, I said, oh, why, why is James, he's saying uh, these things? I mean, he's saying these things to the diaspora. He's saying these to those who are scattered. Well, that had become a problem with the inside of the Hebrew nations, one place or another, that folks were starting to believe that they were more than they ought. That they were starting to believe that they had this thing in their own hands. They had gotten to certain places throughout the diaspora and got in positions of power. Amen. Just because they were no longer at Jerusalem did not mean that they were not shrewd and intelligent people who then found their way into positions of power wherever they were. Uh, but James had found out that folk were thinking more of themselves than they ought to. All some of them had created great businesses and were doing very well. And they were doing well and prospering, but they weren't giving God his credit. So James has to come and interject into their lives a message to let them know that they're not as big and as bad as they think they are. And sometimes if we're not careful, we will start to read our own clippings and we will start to talk about what we deserve and how we're going to do this and that without giving credit to God. This is the text that uh, uh, it lost itself into me to where I start to say on many occasions, amen, that I say, if the Lord wills, I'll see you tomorrow. Because that really is the reality of it all. That if the Lord doesn't will, I ain't going to see nobody. Amen. <laughs> amen. You might view me, but I won't see you. Amen. amen. Because my life is just a vapor. I'm going to be here for a little while and then I'll be gone. I think back over the years of those who I've known that's no longer here with us. All the way back to the days of, of being down on the backside of Texarkana, amen, and knowing some of those older men and women who lived during those days, I even forget about them. I even forget that they existed. I'm going on with my life, amen, and I'm dealing with my current context, but every now and then when I'm sitting down, I might remember one of the old men that we called Mr. Doc Adams, amen. Uh, he used to be there and he was one-armed individual and that, man, he was such a worker, 
Man, he was an old man when I was just a little fellow, but that old man used to could work with that one arm. I, I forgot about his diligence, and amen, he's been gone for a long time now. And I realized how life is a vapor. People even forget you that once knew you. And then after so much time goes by, the people who are living never knew you. So let us not get too caught up in ourselves because what we do or say today, one day, no, someone may never bring up. And so that is what James is saying to the people to don't try to see themselves as more than what they really are. That the reality is that every moment that they breathe, every time they breathe in and breathe out, is by the grace of God. What we see in this text, he says, see, you are saying that on today or tomorrow, we will do such and such in a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and, and make a profit. And you're doing all of this talk. You're not giving God any of the credit. It's as if you are the master of your own ship. Amen. You are the king of your own castle. Uh, James said, come now. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Make sure that you get this thing in perspective. Amen. Uh, that uh, what you have forgotten, he's saying, amen, that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> you have no idea. And if James would, would, would have a chance to say it again, he might say to us, he's saying, you don't even know what's going to happen today. Amen. Because no, you know, every minute, every second, every hour is of the Lord. Amen. We, we could be right here in the midst of this sermon. And, and as I'm preaching, I could drop dead right now. Because it's not in my hands. It's in the hands of the Lord. So if the Lord wills, I'll finish this sermon today. Amen. If the Lord wills, we'll finish hearing it today. See, that allows us to really come back into focus that when we start to seeing things clicking and, and in rhythm and, and popping on all cylinders, it's that time when the enemy comes in and tries to interject the thought of how good we are, how much we're doing, and, and boy, if it had not been for my ideas, but nobody has anything except it come from the Lord. We must never forget the Lord's words in John 15 and 5 when he says, Without me, you can do nothing. And nothing means nothing. Nothing doesn't mean a few things. Nothing means nothing at all. And when we have that perspective, we're good. Because whether we succeed or whether we fail, it's in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. So we look at the text, and he says it's just a vapor. Amen. It appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. But then he says in the text, he says, but instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Mm 
We should always give credit to the Lord no matter what we're doing. If we're accepting a new job, we're getting a promotion, we're starting a business, we're raising our kids, amen, we're doing this, we're vacationing there, whatever it is, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. It's all in his hands. Amen? And so we look at the text, and he says to them, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. The practical apostle James, he has a way of just drawing that thing in. When you start reading your own paper clippings, amen, and you start dusting off your own shoulders and you start talking about, I got swag and I got this and I got that. He says, all that such boasting is not good, but it's evil. He says that is evil. Its essence is evil. And I'm reminded of Paul the Apostle that says, I boast in nothing except I boast in the Lord. He said, I, he said, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. He said, I, 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 was, I went to the school of Gamaliel. He said, I learned all 613 laws. He said, I was the best of the best. He said, I was a leader of the pack. But he said, but for the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I count all of it as dumb as stuff to be trodden on by men. He said, all of that means nothing in light of knowing Jesus Christ. Because he realized in all of that he was doing, he was not in God's will, but out of God's will. And that's what happens to us when we get boastful about our own selves and become arrogant and talk about what we deserve. We don't deserve anything less than a nice, hot lava bed in a place called hell. That's really all we really deserve, right? But by God's grace, we get this blessing and that blessing. By God's grace, we opened our eyes this morning to see a day that we hadn't seen before. By God's grace, we stood up and we walked and we went to the restroom and we went in and got our clothes and we got dressed and we did all of these things by the grace of God. It's not that we deserved it, but because God has decided according to his loving kindness and good pleasure to bless us. It's because of God's grace we were able to travel down the dangerous highways and byways once again to the house of the Lord. It was by God's grace. We deserve none of this. And so therefore, instead of having hearts of arrogance, as the text says, we have hearts of gratefulness. Because any boasting other than boasting in the Lord is evil, if you see in the text. And he says, now therefore, because of this truth, as I come to a close, in verse 17, he says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You ought to do better when you know better. Amen? Amen. 
And we know better. Amen. We know better as the children of God. We have the word of God and it's continuing to be given to us and served up to us and submitted to us. And because we know better, we ought to do better. We ought to know that tomorrow if we live, amen, and we go to our jobs or, or to our businesses or to our ministries or to our families or whatever we are to do and we see great success, it's not because we were so good, but it's because God was so good. Because we didn't have to get up tomorrow. But if we see tomorrow and something good happens, we ought to give it where credit to credit is due. And that's to the Lord. And when we get in that place, it really makes it easier for us. Because now, whether we succeed or whether we fail, we know it's in the Lord. And if it's in the Lord, amen, then we know it's for our good. So then we can take a lick and keep on ticking. We can run on a little while longer. We can be like the Energizer Bunny. We keep going and going and going. But see, when you start to read your own clippings and you think it's in your hand and you start to believe the hype, when troubles come and failure is in your forefront, that's when you lose your mind. Me and the wife was talking last night. We were watching after we got back from the wedding. We watched a, a little of the game of my favorite college team, amen, uh, the Texas Longhorns. Well, they, they have gone from being a team that hasn't been ranked at all to being number six, at least until last night. Amen. They, they were growing and, oh, man, things were popping. And you would see them after a win. Oh, they done laid down on the sidelines and having themselves a ball. But last night, they run into an unranked team. Amen. Oklahoma State University. And they, I believe that they were believing the hype. We're number six. I mean, we're almost to the playoffs and they ain't even ranked. We'll just come on in their house and beat them. So they come in there and they're behind and they're struggling to catch up, trying to win the game in the second half. Amen. They gave all they had, but what they had was not enough. So they lose the game 38 to 35. But when they were losing, people were getting out of control. One of the defensive ends, uh, he was getting off sides and he was in there trying to fight, look like, with the, with the back end as they were taking a knee because he must have been reading his own clippings. Must have been reading, they must have been thinking about, oh, this is, we got a 16-point spread and all that. And they thought that instead of staying humble. And so now they were out of position. Now they're getting technical foul. The coach runs on the field and he's pointing and screaming and now he gets one. They're all out of place because they're most likely reading their own clippings and come in and take this thing for granted. But in the same way, we can do the same thing. If we start getting too arrogant in our ways and what we've done and all of that, when failure comes, we'll get out of position. We'll get technical files on us. Amen. We'll mess around and say things on our job and say things to folks that we regret. Amen. But we can't take back. And that's why you always ought to realize that whatever we do, we do it because of the Lord. And then at the end of the day, most of the stuff we do, no matter what it is, it's only going to last a little while. 
Man, if they won the game last night and they go and win the whole thing, amen, it's only a year's worth. Next year they're talking about something else. And it's like that in life and all the things we do. It's only for a little while. If we get to be the richest person on the earth while we live, we only live a little while, somebody else is going to be the richest person while we're gone. And most likely they're going to try to make sure our name doesn't show up on any monikers. Amen. So we might as well go ahead and get it fixed right now. That whatever we do, we do it because of the Lord. And without him, we can do nothing. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer today, saints of God. Amen. Amen. And at this time, we're going to open up the doors of the church. There may be somebody who needs to give their life to the Lord. Amen. Somebody that needs to restore themselves and know that they are in the right position with the Lord. Amen. Somebody might need prayer. Amen. Any of those things, amen, the door is open wide because Jesus gave it all that we might have it all. He died so that we might live. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come unto Jesus. Why?